Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and again, I'm a long lost friend here, Mr. Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. What's your name again? I know, it's been a while, hasn't it? Oh my it? gosh, it has been a while. Yeah, a roller coaster of uh, personal. You had some travel at first, yeah. and then I had a couple of personal issues that came up um, in the uh, in, in our family, in my family. So, um, but now we're here. We're well, back for we're, another We're here, show. and we probably need a whole podcast just to go over that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I'm just going to keep it. What did I do last weekend for right now? Yeah. Um. I finally watched the movie Shang Chi. Oh yeah, one? how did you how did you like that one, dude? It was really good. It's good. It's good. Yep. It was really good. It reminded me of the Black Panther. I think it's even better than Black Panther. It is better. Uh, so are you waiting for the Spider Man now to come up? Waiting for Spider Man, and I haven't watched Eternals yet. I haven't watched Eternals either. So I'm I'm excited to do that. Um, good. I'm glad you enjoyed Shang Chi. And within our time uh, of being away from the podcast, yes. I fell into. The Daredevil Marathon on Netflix. You've never seen that? And I watched the whole thing. I absolutely am fascinated with Daredevil. I even bought a few comic books of him. What? And and, uh, put a lot of stuff on my Christmas list for uh, Daredevil and Kingpin. Yeah. Do you like Kingpin? Oh, I love Kingpin. I love Kingpin. I love Kingpin. Even though he's a villain, yeah. I love the actor that's in yeah. it. Yeah. And I and I also like the actor that, in in the third se- season, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. the one that is, uh, I guess, being the imposter of Daredevil. Oh, Bullseye. Bullseye. Yeah. Bullseye. Love it. Man, that whole show, unfortunately, it was canceled in 2018, I believe. It was. And But I've heard Kevin Feige... Just this weekend, said that they're bringing back Daredevil on Disney oh Plus, I believe, or he's going to make some appearances in some of these movies. We don't know how soon. Rumor has it he's going to be in a new Spider Man. Oh, the Daredevil? Yeah. And oh, that's the, great. along those lines, have you seen Hawkeye? I haven't started it yet. Too, I love it. It's a great and. and- I think I've told you I'm a DC guy too. Yeah, you are a DC guy. <laughs> We're yeah. talking about Marvel. Yes, I saw yeah. the Hawkeye, and, and you did start it. You did. Uh, yeah, like I it? did. Yeah, it's Is really it good? good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So I recommend it. Um, DC hasn't came out anything yet. No, let's not anything. talk about the DC. The only thing that I saw in the oh, I went to see a movie this weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah. What'd you say? I saw um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, it was good. Was it really good? Good. Really good. As my wife would say, it was cute. Oh, but she but there's no horror in it for her, and she likes horror movies. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. a horror movie, but yeah. it's a, it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie, right? Yeah, yeah the kids are cute. Your, your your bar should be low because it is what yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. did you what, did you watch the other uh, Ghost back in the day? Okay, did now, you? There's like some cameos in there okay. in the new one, so watch out. For well, that. it can't be Harold Ramis; he's passed away. Well, no, but the, I think the thing is that yeah, the the whole um, movie is. Billy based around him. Oh, it is. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah. So, so as it's a, a good as movie. A highly actor. recommend that one. And nice. then getting, getting ready for this next week's big Spider-Man No Way Homecoming. Oh, oh, I didn't know when it was yeah. coming out. Coming out next week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be on like uh HBO max or something <laughs> for me. Cause I'm just not going to, uh, yet to a theater. You know what? And, and also not to take more of our time, but I watched Dune. Don't other. tell me you watch it on HBO Max. Yes, I did. I'm so mad at you. 
<laughs> so did you know that HBO Max is pulling the ones off them like really quick? Oh, yeah. So they only give them like two weeks or three weeks. Well, it was a month. And so, yeah. how, you know, how crazy my month was. I've been waiting yeah. so I could watch it with my girl. I tried to watch it Saturday and it wasn't on <laughs> HBO Max. So then I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So I went on the Internet and everybody's pissed. Well, then I'm like, all right, let me watch a prequel to The Sopranos. Yeah. It's nope. gone. Uh, I'm like, what is going on? So now I'm scurrying to make sure that I watch any first come, you know, out movie with, you know, because Disney will do the same thing. Yeah, they will. Is want to make sure that they're on there. Well, in between then, we had a huge month. Oh, my gosh. Like three, four weeks of combat sports, both boxing and MMA. Literally, literally a bad timing, I guess, whatever, whatever happened in our lives to miss a month worth of incredible boxing incredible boxing incredible MMA incredible MMA and you know we can't get to everything that we missed no. um, but let's let's go ahead and start off with the let's UFC uh, on November 13th we're just going to do the main event for that week okay uh, and some of the weeks that we did miss we're just going to focus on the main event uh, for the November 13th on ESPN Plus we had Max Holloway versus Yaria Rodriguez in that featherweight division bout Holloway came in 22-6 and six with Yaria Rodriguez at 14-2 and two. this was was a pretty even skilled fight for both fighters they both stay very active mixing up their game plans with a lot of leg kicks and combinations holloway he showed why he's still one of the best in the business yeah Ray rodriguez couldn't really get going with his game plan i think to kind of rush to rush uh, rodriguez trying to get him to you know commit to to boxing with him yeah um which i don't even know if you wanted max holloway to box with you no absolutely not i mean if you were watching that fight i gave the first round to rodriguez i gave the second round to holloway i mean and then Holloway landed a late takedown in the third round to give give him another round, in my, in yeah. my opinion. Definitely. In the end, we have Max Holloway defeating Yair Rodriguez with a unanimous decision, 49-46, 49-46, and also 48-47. So uh, Holloway now, I guess, currently ranked number two. Where do you have him next? Well, that's a tough one for me because he's clearly lost to the champ twice. Um, he's still the number one fighter in division. So unless they unless they put him up against a champ, I kind of see a Brian Ortega fight in the future. I see that too. Um, I put it here. It has to be for the, the next one. Has to be for a championship. I'm trying to wait to see what happens to Volkanovski Correct. for the spring. Maybe that's going to be next in line. Um, does he deserve another championship? Uh, title bout maybe i mean he's he's resurging right yeah how can you say no right what 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 can you point to to say no you know where no he doesn't deserve other than he's lost two times to him right right but is there anyone else more deserving um how about yari rodriguez uh well he's eight and two in the ufc he's he's currently ranked fight uh fifth um what about edson barbosa who's coming off a loss and is 16 and 10 in the ufc and ranked ninth I like that. I like that. I actually have Yorel Rodriguez maybe fighting Brian Ortega next. Ooh, that's a, that'd be good. Is that a step up though for for Rodriguez? Yeah, step up. I mean, like a major step up. Like, I mean, he just fought Holloway, so yeah, I, I, guess I believe so. Right. I mean, I think and that's, it was a close fight, right? I think that's just get you back into yeah. contention because I think Yorel Rodriguez did not lose any ground with this fight because no. he showed that he belongs at the top tier of this yeah. division. Um, and so does Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega showed that he belonged with Volkanovski. And I think it's just a nice little um, 
match to see, okay, who's going to take the next step after Max Holloway and Volkanovski three. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, um, to see where this division goes from here, you know? So next uh, after that, we had UFC fight night, 198 Vieta versus Tate with the main event being Caitlin Vieta and Misha Tate on November 13th on ESPN plus in a women's bantamweight bout. Caitlin Vieta came in 11 and two and Misha Tate came in 19 and seven. Well, I tell you, uh, Misha Tate looked every bit of game to to fight, um, but you could just tell she's a little bit older than her y- younger adversary. Yeah, Vieta came in and landed a lot of big shots, a lot yeah. of good good body shots, um, and she kind of not exposed, but kind of brought in to light that Misha Tate is just her prime may have already passed her at least in the top of this division. She probably would be a great person to fight for someone to step up and say, okay. Where am I at in this division in my UFC career? Misha Tate would be a good measuring stick. Yeah, measuring stick, kind of like a, a a place to see where you are in your career. Um, but Vieta, you know, she she looked really good. Yeah, I mean, you must have been you must have looked at my notes where we were watching, you know, in the same room because I agree the younger, faster fighters are just going to have their way against her. She's just an older fighter, and she doesn't have uh, the speed that she used to have. Caitlin Vieta defeats Misha Tate via unanimous decision 48-47, 48-47, and 49-46. Vieta is now ranked 8th in the division. I have her maybe fighting a Macy Chason um, maybe next year. I like it. I, I, straight up, I like that. I, I think they. it looks like uh, Macy is coming off a two-win Two fight win streak. She's five and one in the in the in that division. So yeah, and uh, Caitlin is six and two. So yeah, absolutely. How about Misha Tate? She's our gatekeeper, is she not? Yeah, I, I mean she's so ranked too. ninth. She's our gatekeeper. If you want to get in that top ten, you got to go through her. I think she's perfect, uh, perfect for that role. And that's if she wants to continue fighting, because um, I, I don't know if rumor has it that she may be considering retirement. Um, okay, but we'll see. We'll see on that. But if yeah. not, I do have a Penny uh, um who's who's kind of on a, I believe, on a fight winning streak. I believe, um, or if not, she's she's yeah. She she lost one to Rachel Pennington on her yeah. last fight. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah. a gatekeeper, I guess. And I'll tell you, speak real quick. Speaking of uh, um, women's fighting, Chris Cyborg fought. I don't know she if did. you checked that out. Yeah, yeah. She, Over I, in Bellator, I didn't. I didn't watch it, but I saw that she did knock out. Uh, the person she fought. She defended her title, looked usual, dominant, yeah. you know, her old self. Uh, you know, I think she gets a bad rap sometimes, so good for yeah. her that she's over there uh, being successful. Yeah, definitely. She's she's probably one of the top, if not the top, I guess one of the top, because, of course, we do have Amanda Nunez up at the very top of the totem pole, but I think if they fought... Ten times, I believe each will probably win like five times each. I do too. And and if and let's say we already know. Well, we already know Nunes is at the top. You could arguably put her second. Yeah. And 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 if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't Valentina Shenshenko, then she's legitimately the third yeah. best yeah. women in the world. You know. Kind of recapping on the Misha Tate and uh, Caitlin Vieta card. That was kind of a slow. 
um, card to watch. Um, all decisions, right? Yeah, all decisions. I think one went in, uh, uh, inside the distance, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a very slow card for yeah. the evening. But you know what? Um, this past weekend, the UFC made up for it. Made right? up for it. Oh I, my gosh! Almost what was six, seven uh, decisions in, or seven uh, either knockouts or or TKOs or submissions within a row or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about some highlights. I mean, we, didn't it start out with the Gall Morano fight? Yeah, Morano, and that was okay. probably. If you want to say the most boring, because it's the decision one, it's the one that yeah. was the decision, but it wasn't boring at all. Uh, Mikey Gall yeah. and him went toe to toe, but I believe Morano just kind of showed his um, his his experience. He did, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. With him winning by unanimous decision, 30-27, uh, well, 30-27 across the board. After that, we had uh, Clay Guida fought. Leonardo Santos in a lightweight division. Great fight. We should talk about that just let's, for a second. Yeah, let's touch on yeah. that. Clay, Clay Guida, no disrespect, looks like the guy that doesn't know how to fight, but you don't want to fight him because he's crazy and that if he'll, he'll land something on you. He, he, he hurts you. He is probably one of my f- top five yeah. favorite fighters in the last 20 years because when you watch his match, you know it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Win, lose, or draw for him. He's going to bring it. He ain't scared to stand in front that's, of the And that's opposition. the thing. There's, as, is there, do you see any type of technique when he comes in there? He goes in. He do, I don't see it. I think he goes in there and it's like, let's go. I'm a bob my bob and weave my way right into you to knock you out. And you know what his number one skill is? What's that? On the ground. On the ground. They, yeah. He is a black Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Well, and he, but he never uses it because he stands in front of him. Well, Leonardo Santos had him first round, dead to rights. Am I the only one to say that he sh- they probably should have stopped the fight maybe twice in that round? Yes, and I think um, Clay Guida has uh, been given the respect from refs to yeah. not stop it because they know that he has the endurance to overcome, yeah. you know, obstacles like that. And and like you said, he was clearly getting beat up. Probably should have stopped. And. I think there's a couple of times, too, if you look at the replays, um, Santos was hitting the glove of Guida, not necessarily yes. his head. Yeah. And so I think the uh, the referee, um, just let him go. I, and like you said, maybe he has that respect. He has that respect. But my goodness, if it was any other ref, I think... They would have stopped it. They right? would have stopped it. Because we've seen two it. Episodes, there was two times <laughs> that I think they should have stopped it. Even Santos was looking at the ref saying, are you going to stop this or not? He did, but, but when he looked at him, he was clearly hitting the, 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 the pad. Yeah. on his hand of yeah. Clay Guida. So. Exactly. Then what happens? Clay Guida comes back and um, gets a rear naked choke. Well, and Santo, you know, Santos got worn out. Worn out. Worn out. And 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 Clay Guida capitalized in the second round. He sure did. Clay Guida just came out from his yes. corner, back pressuring Santos. Santos didn't know what to do. He couldn't even breathe. He couldn't get any oxygen into his lungs. And finally, he had to give himself up and give up his back and got Clay Guida with a rear naked choke in the second round. Now, I watch these by myself unless my girl's there, and I was standing up just cheering for him. I was so happy for Clay Guida. I mean, he just doesn't get enough. I mean, he has the respect, but he just doesn't get enough respect as a, as a solid fighter, and he's a solid fighter. He's a solid fighter. And I think the thing is that he's he's one of those that goes up and down. He yeah. wins one, he loses one. Wins one, maybe wins another one, loses in one. Wins, you know, so yes. he's never had a really consistent um, career in the last maybe year or two. And I think it has a lot to do with his boxing, though, his his game plan, because his game plan is certainly not tactical. 
Yeah. It's a throw a good fight out there. Next up on the bout, um, just kind of cover a little bit and a little bit of the highlights for this uh, this this past weekend. Uh, did you watch Chris Curtis and Brandon Allen? I did. I did. Yeah, that was another good fight. I mean, and uh, boy, Chris Curtis's skills and his flying knees are second to none, man. Chris Curtis landed a huge knee to knockout uh, Brandon Allen in the second round. Um, my takeaway from this, Chris okay. Curtis looks like a madman. He does. He's smiling everywhere. Yes. All the time. We get ready to fight. Yeah, that's one person I think I would put my money on. Yeah, right? right? I would too. Yeah. He's an exciting fight, and I can't wait to see him in the future. And then we have another. We have a light heavyweight match. Uh, Jamal Hill versus Jimmy Crute. We all know Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute's one of those guys we talk about all the time that's here right. on the podcast. Jamal Hill. Just comes in and what lights out first out round. of no out of nowhere nowhere beautiful yeah I expected a war and I didn't Me get too. that no yeah nope just that nuclear bomb hit they threw the nuclear bomb before anything else happened they absolutely and did ended the war right and then. I think when he when he got punched he he uh, crew kind of stumbled a little bit and then he, got another it, one. it was like a delayed <laughs> yeah. reaction yeah it was, it was an amazing knockout yep. first round knockout for Jam- Jamal Hill um, for the light heavyweight division and think about that we've just already talked about four fights and they're all I know. First and second rounds. I mean, this is a great card. And then then we have two buddies fight each other. We have Rafael Faziv versus Brad Rydell in a lightweight division. Both of them have history together. They were both teachers yep. in, the, in in MMA at the same camp, friends, I guess, yep. um, now fighting each other. And, you know, I think that's the reason why this one actually went to the third round because they knew each other's tactics. Yeah. And so the, one of them had to come up with something that, that his former friend didn't, you know, didn't know what he was going to do. Rydell looked good. He right did. He, looked he, so he looked good. great. He he landed so many great punches, great kicks. Um, but goodness, I think in the first round we got a taste of what was to come yeah. because Faiziv threw a spinning wheel kick that nearly took off uh, Rydell's head. Absolutely. And later in the third round, we have another nice kick to the head to stop Rydell in his tracks. Stopped him. Rydell didn't. I, I think he, he couldn't see anything. And that's why he no. put his hands up and didn't know where he was. And finally, Herb Dean just jumps in and says, no more. Don't don't give him yeah. any more. Um, definitely, this uh, this card taught a lot about lower body skills yeah. because lots of kicks, knees, you know, combinations, what was going on that night. Yeah. Faziv, again, wins um, with a TKO wheel kick um, in the third round. And that's... That's the co-main event, and we co-main. still got the main event to go. Yeah, so which I was tell. totally excited about. And so you can tell this whole card was great. Yeah, you know, it, it started off great with a good fight with Morano, and now this co-main event, and now that main event where we have uh, Jose Aldo, the King of Rio, versus Rob Font in a bantamweight division, and we'll we'll go ahead and properly um, pre- review this uh, or recap this uh, fight. Yeah, and so it. Something had to give in this fight because Aldo was making a resurgent. He's making a comeback for him. Font is continuing to climb up uh, to the top. And I, I just believe it was a must win for one of these guys to contend for the championship in the division. Jose Aldo, 
comes in 30 and 7, Rob Font 19 and 5. We were both high on Rob Font. We probably even said at one time, let's just let him wait yep. and sit it out and see what happens at the top of the division so that he can have a chance yep. to fight for a championship. But no, what? Jose Alde comes in. I think Rob Font said, I have this, I can get this aged 33 yep. year old King of Rio on the, maybe on the end of his career. But, um, and this is why I say wait. <laughs> but the thing is that Rob Font looked great. For, he for, did look for good. the first round. Four minutes was his. He took everything to Aldo. Aldo didn't know what happened until the last minute of the first round, where Aldo caught him and and stumbled or uh, you know rocked Font. Oh yeah, but. Rob Font, I, I, they left it all in the octagon that night. I mean, they they were trading power punches. Both men's faces were in shambles. I mean, it was just such a great fight and lived up to the hype. Later on in the couple in the third round, I believe Jose Aldo started throwing his patented leg kicks, right? And I think that made the difference in you know because Rob Font didn't want to put more pressure on that kick on that leg yeah. or start with his leg foot. You know, ultimately his ground game comes up and you know takes control of the whole match. Yeah, absolutely. It just was a great fight, man. In the end, Jose Aldo defeats Rob Font with a unanimous decision: 50-45, 50-45, 49-46. Those are really that's a real gap between the scores. That is, I think it should have been closer. You think so? I think so too. I think I so think too. It's crazy how if you end the round, even though you're losing the whole round, and you end the round like the last 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and you're doing really well, sometimes that skews the judges. They they forget what happened the first four minutes and they only remember the first minute, the and last that, minute. And I talk about that all the time. Is mm-hmm. is people, you know, you need to finish up, you know, your last ten seconds strong. It also helps that the judges know Aldo. They know yeah. his name. And if I it's a toss up and I and the judge is looking at their card yeah. going uh, I'm going to lean to Aldo yeah. because he's has more experience. Yeah. You know that it happens. We're human. Yes, is human. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jose Aldo, well, I didn't see the the rankings get updated, but he was ranked number five when I last saw him. I think it might be he might be higher now. Yeah, I think I saw third or fourth. Okay, Does that sounds right. Third, I think so. Third, because I have him maybe fighting not for the title yet, but for uh, against T.J. Dillashaw. Oh, see, I didn't put him down because we don't know when he's coming back. Why? Well, I, I mean, if if uh, Aldo takes a couple months to heal, three, I think they could fight in in. Dillashaw has been out for a few months and he's going to take another couple months probably. So I think it'd be right mid spring when the next time they could fight. Well, I took him out, but Mm -hmm. I I'm inserting the name Corey Sanhagen because they haven't fought each other, but I'm okay with yours. Whoever they Aldo needs a matchup between one of those two. And the winner of that is going to fight the winner of the championship fight to unify it. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's how I look at it, and I think we're both in agreement on that. Yeah, so we both agree Jose Aldo is one fight away from the championship belt. Yes, and and if I and if I had my druthers, I would rather it be TJ Dillashaw. I think he I think he deserves it more than Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. I believe that too. What about uh, Font? Rob Font. Um, he kind of little stumble back, but not really, right? Yeah, I, I don't count this as too much of a loss. It's one of those stepping stones in in your career. Like, hey, I fought Aldo, the probably one of the best ever in the division, and I didn't. I did well, but I didn't do enough to win. Um, I have him maybe fighting fighting Marlon Cheeto Vera. 
Marlon Cheeto Vera. And where's he ranked at? Um, I think he's ranked what, like top ten. I know for sure. Okay, yeah. I, I, it, it, same in my notes. I, I think you pick another top tenner, and and they'll bang. He's fought Aldo. He's fought Munoz. Who's in the top ten? So yeah, pick another top ten. He deserves to be there. Yeah, Vera's coming off a win against uh, Frankie Edgar. Yes, uh, knockout win. Um, so, but ESPN and UFC put on a great show this so, past week. Let me ask you this because I because I think about Holloway right now and I'm mm-hmm. thinking about Aldo. You know, a lot of these older fighters are making resurgence, and it brings me back to the original guy we've talked about, Anthony Smith. They all are making these extraordinary comeback against some mm-hmm. high level competition, and you thought they were past their prime, and they're not past their prime apparently. So. I'm excited for that. Do you think yeah. they're they're making that resurgence a little bit? The older ones, yeah, I do. I think I think the thing is that the older ones didn't know how to train. They just fought and they won. Yeah. They were successful as fighting. Now you have to switch it to now use more technology, use more science to heal more. You know, just get into get into all these supplements. Maybe not illegal, right? Right. But learn how to heal. And train That's properly a great point. and, per- and yeah. professionally, because these people are now making money. I mean, Aldo's probably making a lot of money on just sponsorships yep. and this and that. So he's getting the proper nutrition now, proper training, proper rehabilitation, and maybe even psychology too. You know, you, it goes into that too. Maybe he's getting more help um, in, in, in as far as you know, mental help. And and maybe if we went back and looked at some of the uh, fights that they had in their younger, mm-hmm. that maybe they were not as tactical as they are now and wiser and just don't jump in the middle of the fray like you know yeah you're right i mean sometimes when you're younger you're more reckless and you're more i don't care i'm just gonna go out there and try to knock someone's head out when now anthony smith probably doesn't do that he probably goes out there and it's more tactical this is my game plan if this happens this is what i'm gonna do um i've seen this before and this and that he has a plan b c and d yeah and a lot of younger fighters, when they have a game plan, uh, if something happens or you get punched in the face, you forget the game plan, yeah. do what you think you know is best. And I think Aldo, I think that Anthony Smith, and I think Holloway are sticking to their game plans. It's exciting to see these older guys, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to see a couple of weeks, a couple of next week or this weekend coming up, an older guy, uh, Poirier and Oliveira, both of them. Yep. Um, though they're veterans, uh, it's exciting. It kind of is. It's a double-edged sword, because you then you're limiting the the potential for these younger guys to come up too, right? Yeah. So that's creating the logjam sometimes. And to end this UFC card from last weekend, where do you rate it? Because we should break that card. Oh yeah, the, I, I I have no problem giving it a nine. Wow, a nine? Because yeah. I mean, every single one was either a submission or yeah. knockout or a really good decision, a, a, a fight. Where and again, I give my hats, I give props to Alex Morano. He's I think he's on a four fight winning streak now. He's a veteran. Um, he's he's making a name for himself. I have a hard time giving a non uh, pay per view yeah, a nine. nine but <laughs> well, I think I'll, the thing is that a nine for a uh, UFC fight night. Yeah, but I that for a UFC fight night. Yeah, I. I wasn't more more excited by the time I was done. Yeah, so that was an exciting. Uh, of course, night. I mean, yeah, I think the only one that stands out is that Aldo and uh, and Aldo and Font, right? Yeah. As far as looking at the names, there's not no one that you see. Oh, I'm gonna maybe Jimmy Crute. We've seen him a couple of times. And we know Clay Guida. Yeah, Clay Guida. You already yeah. know what's gonna happen with yeah. him. Um, but again, I think. In the grand scheme of things, comparing it to other fight nights that we've had in the last couple of weeks, this is this takes a cake. This is really 
really um really makes it an aside a, a great ending to the year it is and and they kind of set the bar kind of high they coming up be. for this next week and it better live up to it because it was a pretty good card this last weekend well, yeah so this week so what do we got this weekend we have ufc 269 Oliveira versus poirier december 11th on pay-per-view live from las vegas nevada but before we get into the main event the main card there's a couple yeah. of prelims fights that um really stand out one of these fights Augusto Sakai, we always he, his name comes out all the time versus yep. Tuya Tuya Vasa in a heavyweight bout. So yeah, this is at the uh, two sixty five weight limit, and uh, currently our uh, champion is Francis Nagano. Now Augusto Sakai is thirty years old. He is fifteen and three, and he has eleven Ks, zero submissions, and four decisions. He is currently ranked tenth. Now, his last fight was a loss by TKO in the first round, June of this year, and he is on a two-fight losing streak. Now, Tula Bam Bam is 28 years old. He's 12-3, and 11 KO, zero submissions, and one decision. He is currently ranked 15th. His last fight was a win by KO in the first round, July of this year, and he is on a three-fight win streak. Now, both Sakai and Bam Bam are favorites at a minus 110. Augusto Sakai is from Brazil. He stands at 6'3 with a 77-inch reach. Tuya Tayavasa is from Australia. He stands at 6'2. He has a 75-inch reach. Um, who do you have winning on this one? Well, I like the fighter on a win streak, so I'm gonna take Bam Bam for a KO in the second. Well, it looks like you're not alone. 92% of uh, those that are polled have him winning by knockout or technical knockout. Okay. Um, against Agosa Sakai. Sakai is coming off a loss, I believe. And, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird to have him on, the, on a 269. I guess the prelim is okay, but um, fighting Tia Vasa, who's on a roll, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because Tua is on a three-fight win streak and Sakai is on a two-fight losing streak. And if it was any other card, they'd be in the main event, possibly could be almost a co-main event. I mean, this is a high-profile, up-and-coming fighters that are fighting each other. Yeah, definitely. So who do you like? I like I like Tuya Tayavasa also um, with the knockout. Say second round. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's going to be an exciting preliminary fight. And then after that, we have a bantamweight division bout. Um, still preliminary. Uh, Pedro Munoz versus Dominic Cruz. It's a very highly anticipated match um, in this division with, you know, the legend Dominic Cruz coming up, c- coming in uh, ranked number 10 and uh, Munoz uh, ranked number 8. Yeah, so this is 135 pounds. Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan are our current champs. Pedro, the young Punisher Munoz, is 35 years old. He's 19 and 6 with 5 KOs, 8 submissions, 6 decisions. He is currently ranked 10th. His last fight was a loss by decision, August, August of this year, and is 1 and 3 in his last four fights. Now, Dominique, the Dominator Cruz, is 36 years old, 23 and 3 with seven KOs, one submission, and 15 decisions. He is currently ranked 13th. His last fight was a win by decision, March of this year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. And now Cruz and Munoz are both favorites of 115. 115, so technically a toss-up? Second fight that there's favorites, because the one before were both favorites. Wow. Strange, that's a toss-up. Well, this is going to be one of the uh, themes of the night. It's going to be Brazil versus the United States. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so we have um, Pedro Munoz from Brazil standing at 5'6". He comes in with a 64.5 inch reach. Dominic Cruz is, again, for the United States, he stands at 5'8", with a 68-inch reach. Um, people that are polled says that it's um, kind of split, too. It's uh, either 26% for uh, Munoz or 30% for um, Cruz. So who do you like? I like Munoz. I like the. I think I like the younger guy in this fight. And do you like him KO decision? Um, I'm going to say decision. I respect uh, Cruz for okay. that much. Well, I'm going opposite. I like experiencing Cruz, so give me him by decision. All right. So do you want to do the Dan Ige and Josh Emmett? I didn't even do that no. one. No. I'll, we'll just touch on it. You want to touch on it? And to yeah. end, to end the, the uh, preliminary card for UFC 268, we have a couple of big, big names also. Um, we have Dan Ige, 50K Ige, versus Josh Emmett. Two veterans going at it in a featherweight division, featherweight division match. Dan Ige coming in at 5-4. and four. Um, he's from again for the United States. He stands at five seven with a seventy one inch reach. Josh Emmett, Josh Emmett, six and sixteen and two, also from the United States, uh, standing at five six with a seventy inch reach. So this is going to be a really good fight too. Yeah, and, and I mean they're both trying to move up in that featherweight division. So with Alex Volganowski as as of course our champion, Max Holloway of course just fought, so he's sitting up there. So yeah, this this is going to be a big fight for one of them if they whoever wins they're going to move up into that contention. And again, this one probably could have been a main headline for a UFC fight night. Yeah, I mean Ige's ranked eighth. I yeah. mean Emmett's ranked twelfth. So yeah, definitely I have Dan Ige with a knockout. Well, you read my notes because I like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to the main card for the evening. UFC 269, Oliveira versus Poirier. Kicking off the main card, we have Rulian Pavia versus Sean O'Malley in a bantamweight division bout. O'Malley, do we know that guy? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. Well, it is at 135 pounds, and uh, the current champions are Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan. Now, Rolion Pavia is 26 years old. He's 21-3 and three with four KOs, three submissions, and 14 decisions. He is currently ranked 16th. His last fight was a win by decision July of this year, and he is on a three-fight win streak. Now, Sean Sugar O'Malley is 27 years old, 14-1 and one with 10 KOs, one submission, and three decisions. He is currently ranked 14th. Now, his last fight was a win by TKO in the third round July of this year, and he is 2-1 and one in his last three fights. Now, O'Malley is a minus 310 favorite, and Pavala is a plus 250 underdog. Rulian Pavia is in the third year of UFC experience. He is from Brazil. He stands at 5'8 with a 69.5-inch reach. He has won performances of the night. Notable wins come against Kyler Phillips and Mark De La Rosa. Notable losses come against Rogerio Bontarine and Kaya Cara France. Sean O'Malley is in his fifth year in the UFC. He's from Helena, Montana. He stands at 5'11 with a 72-inch reach. He has five performances of the night. Notable wins come against Chris Moutinho, Thomas Almeida, and Eddie Wadlin. Notable losses come against Marlon Vera. I'll go first. 
And I don't know if it's just going to be a surprise for you, but I have Sean O'Malley with a TKO win in the second round. What? I'm surprised you don't have him in the first round. I'm surprised <laughs> you don't even have him going out because he's already won it right. beforehand. Right? He already won, right? Um, speaking of O'Malley, do you, I think we always talk about this. Do you consider that a loss? Because I don't really consider that one loss on his record a loss. Yeah, I think it's one of those um, asterisks. I mean, even though I, I love Cheeto Vera, but I think if uh, O'Malley didn't get hurt, I think it would have been different. Yeah, I agree. Um, you read my notes again. Give me the sugar show on this one by KO in the second round as well. Next up on the card, we have Kaya Kara France versus Cody Nolov Garbrand in the flyweight division. 125 pounds, our current champion is Brandon Morano. Now, Kaya Kara, don't blink France. Is 28 years old, 22 and 9, with 10 KOs, 3 submissions, and 9 decisions. He is currently ranked 8th. His last fight was a win by KO in the first round, March of this year, and he is 2 and 2 in his last four fights. Now, Cody, no love Garbrandt, is 30 years old. He is 12 and 4, with 10 KOs, 0 submissions, and 2 decisions. He is currently ranked 11th in the bantam weight division so he's moving down in weight his last fight was a loss by decision may of this year and he is one in three in his last four fights now garbrandt is a minus 140 favorite and france is a plus 120 kaya kara france is in his fourth year he's from auckland new zealand standing at 5-4 with a 69-inch reach and two performances of the night. Notable wins come against Rogerio Bontarin, Rolian Pavia, and Tyson Nam. Notable losses come against Brandon Royval and Brandon Moreno. Cody Garbrandt is in his sixth year in the UFC. Hails from Oryxville, Ohio, standing at 5-7 with a 65-inch reach with four performances of the night. Notable wins come against Rafael Asuncao, Dominic and Dominic Cruz. Notable losses come against Rob Font and TJ Dillashaw. Who do you have in this match? Well, this is a tough fight for me to pick because normally fighters go up in in weight when they're fighting, not down. And I just don't know how bo- uh, Cody's body is going to re- react to that weight cut. So I would really like to see before I make that uh, pick. But I can't. So I'm going to go with no love. Uh, give me him by decision. No, I understand that too because um, I I technically didn't realize that he was going down in weight. Um, that that's a that's a different that's a whole different uh, level, I believe, right there. As far as you know, trying to cut that much weight when I'm sure he's he tries to cut weight to get to bantam weight. Now he's got to cut double the weight, I believe. Because didn't that happen last year to Dillashaw? Wasn't he trying to go down in weight and fight somebody and just? He didn't yeah. have the strength. A couple of years ago, what it was it years? was Henry Cejudo. Oh, remember? Okay, and he couldn't. He just he looked so yeah. drained. Yeah, against Henry Cejudo. Um, so with that that said, what what do you got? I have well, you know, I like no love Cody Garbrand okay. with a TKO in the first round. Wow. Okay. Nice. I mean, I'm not giving that respect that I know Kyrie Kara France deserves. He deserves it, right? Yeah, but yeah. you know, I don't know. I think I just have. I, Cody Garbrandt needs this win. If he does not win, I don't know how much more longer we see him in the UFC. His back's against the wall. You're correct. Next up on the card, we have Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio in a welterweight division match. Yeah, so this is at 170. Kamar Usman is our current champ. Now, Jeff hands a steel Neal is 31 years old. 13-4 and four with eight, sub, eight KOs. 
two submissions and three decisions. He is currently ranked 18th. His last fight was a loss by decision, May of this year, and he is one and two in his last three fights. Now, Santiago, Argentine dagger, Ponzanibo, is 35 years old. He's 28 and four with 15 KOs, six submissions, seven decisions, and he is currently ranked 14th. Now, his last fight was a win by decision in June of this year, and he is two and one in his last three fights. And both fighters are a favorite at minus 110. Theme of the night. Theme of the night. Jeff Neal is in his fourth year coming from Dallas, Texas. He stands at 5'11 with a 75-inch reach. He has one performance of the night. Notable wins come against Mike Perry, Nico Price, and Bilal Muhammad. Notable losses come against Neil Magny, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and Kevin Holland. Santiago Ponzanibio is in his eighth year in the UFC. He's from Argentina, standing at six foot with a 73-inch reach with four performances of the night. Notable wins come against Miguel Baez, Neil Magny, and Mike Perry. Notable losses come against Lee Zhengling and Lawrence Larkin. I have hands of steel Jeff Neal with the decision win. I went with him. The funny thing is, I don't know why he's on the main card. Or both of these guys. And the other two ones that we previewed are not, right? Yeah, and the preliminaries. You know, the, you yeah. would think these preliminary ones, Dominic Cruz could have been yeah. up in there. This Dan Ige one, right? Yeah. This is a weird one because both of them, I think they're coming off of losses. Or at least Santiago Ponzinibbio is on a one-fight winning streak. And Jeff Neal is on a two-fight losing streak. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And it's a tough... This is a tough fight to pick. I mean, there's a reason why they're both favorites. I think that Neal could knock his opponent out. But I also think that Ponzinibbio experience uh, is also an asset. So... I guess I'm going to go with the experience and opposite of you. I'm going to take the Argentine dagger by decision. Well, I think that's, that explains that 115 plus on both sides, right? Yeah. As far as the, uh, the betting line. Um, yeah, no, I, I hear that. But one thing to kind of consider is Jeff Nils kind of in the legal issues right now. Uh, leading up last week, I believe he got DW, he got a DWI and Jeff Neal. Yeah. Jeff Neal DWI with, uh, uh, unlawful possession of a firearm. So he could be distracted. It could be, or he could be really mad, focused, <laughs> really focused, yeah, right? Because I, I may lose my job after this, or or I may need some some money for my lawyers. Yeah, exactly. so I better win this fight fight, and of, the make it a fight of the night. <laughs> yeah, so but I don't know. It was kind of weird looking at both of their records, yeah. both of who they fought or whatever, and why are they still on the card? You know, yeah, um, especially with the big names that we have on the preliminaries. Well, and 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 now it could be highlighted on that main event his his troubles outside the yeah oh I'm sure it's going to be too, talked right? about yeah. the whole week is going to come up yeah next up on the card we have the co main event of the evening Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena in the women's bantamweight division so this is at 135 pounds and of course Amanda Nunez is our current champ now Amanda Linus Nunez is 33 years old 21 and four. With 13 KOs, four submissions, and four decisions, she is currently ranked at number one in the world. Her last fight was a win by submission in the first round, March of this year, and her last loss was in 2014. Now, Juliana, the Venezuelan vixen, Pena, is 32 years old. She is 10-4 and four with three KOs, four submissions, and three decisions. She is currently ranked fourth in the world. Her last fight was a win by submission in the third round, 
January of this year, and she is two and two in her last four fights. Now Pena is an underdog at plus five fifty. But if you want to win some money, That's go with go. Nunez a minus eight hundred. A minus eight hundred. But you got to put eight hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars. Yeah, so don't don't make that bet. <laughs> Uh, Amanda Nunez is in her eighth year in the UFC. She won her title, the Bantamweight title, back in July of 2016, defeating Misha Tate. She's from Brazil, standing at 5'8", with 69-inch reach. She has five performances of the night. Notable wins come against Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, and Ronda Rousey. Notable losses come against Kat Singanu. Juliana Pena is in her sixth year in the UFC. She's from Chicago, Illinois. She stands at 5'7 with a 69-inch reach with one performance of the night. Notable wins come against Sarah McMahon, Nico Montano, and Kat Zungano. And notable losses come against Jermaine DeRadamine and Valentina Shashenko. Well, my podcast partner, Daniel Evenkill, says there's different levels to this game. And guess what? We are going to see it in this fight. I really enjoy watching Juliana Pena. I really like her her fighting attitude. I really like the way she comes presents herself. Um, some may even say I have a crush on her. But yeah, there's different levels to this. There's there's I think there's a reason why it's eight plus eight hundred. It might even be higher by the yep. time we get to that uh, match. Uh, Amanda Nunez with a knockout win in third round. Third round. I'm giving her at least third round. You are. Well, I'm not. I'm not that. that, that yeah, yeah, I'm not see, that respectful. Yeah, you're, you're right. Now that I think about it, I could just, I could just see Nunez just swarmer, mother her, and just get her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, unless Pena gets a lucky shot on the champ, you got another win for the goat KO in the second round from me. And I, I, I would, I wouldn't hesitate to say this might be the last time we see the goat. Oh yeah. I mean, what else does she have to accomplish? What What is there? out there for her i mean juliana Pena got this fight because she was very vocal about getting trying to get a fight with her we'll see what happens and that's the co-main that's co-main event and now we come to the main event of the evening ufc 269 Oliveira versus poirier in a lightweight division bout for the championship title 155 pounds and of course charles Oliveira is our current champ now charles du bronx Oliveira is 32 years old he is 31 and 8 with nine ko's 19 submissions and three decisions he is currently ranked first in the world his last fight was a win by tko in the second round may of this year and his last loss was in 2017 now, Dustin, the Diamond Poirier, is 32 years old, 28-6 and six, with 14 KOs, 7 submissions, and 7 decisions. He is currently ranked second in the world. His last fight was a win by TKO in the first round, July of this year, and his last loss was in 2019. Now, the underdog is actually the champ, Oliveira, and the challenger, Poirier, is a minus 160. Charles Oliveira is in his 11th year in the UFC. He won his title back in May of 2021 against Michael Chandler. He's from Brazil, standing at 5'10 with a 74-inch reach. He has 16 performance awards. Notable wins come against Tony Ferguson and Clay Guida. Notable losses come against Paul Fedler, Anthony Pettis, and Max Holloway. Dustin Poirier is in his 11th year in the UFC. He's from Lafayette, Louisiana, standing at 5'9 with a 72-inch reach. He has 12 performance awards. Notable wins come against Conor McGregor, Dan Hooker, 
Max Holloway. Notable losses come against Khabib Nurmagomedov, Conor McGregor, and Michael Johnson. Great fight. Probably the, one of the most anticipated fights that we've had this half of the year, at least. And they both have big resumes. Big resumes. Very experienced. Yes. Um, both deserve it. Right? Both, both deserve this fight. Both of them deserve to win it. I'm picking Dustin Poirier with a technical knockout in the fourth round. So you're giving our current champ. Yeah. No, no respect, or you're giving him respect? Fourth round, right? Fourth round, right? I think that's respectable. Okay, okay. <laughs> and and our champ submission game, he's never going to take him down and maybe get him in, get him in a tight situation. Thing. I think Justin Poirier in himself is a really good submission or ground game person. He is. He absolutely so, is. So I was playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I mean, I just think I think Poirier comes in a stronger man, person, bigger body. Even though they're the same weight class, they're just built different, I believe. That's how I feel. Yeah. Well, for me, I never thought Charles Oliveira is a champ anyway because I thought Chandler had him in the first round, <laughs> be quite honest with you. So uh, I probably have no respect for Oliveira, and if he beats Poirier, now he's got my respect. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Poirier as well. But I'm going to go by decision. I give. I give. Okay. I think Charles is smart enough to be tactical to make sure he stays out of trouble. Yeah, I mean, because I think about it, I was really scared for him against Michael Chandler, and and rightfully so because that first round it proved why we should be scared of Michael Chandler. Yeah, but then he got he knocked out Michael Chandler. He did. So he didn't have to submit him. He didn't have to you know, submit. Yeah. Um, Man, this is going to be a really good fight. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's, and I do pick Dustin Poirier because I think that's just the right thing to do. I think so, too. But, you know, Oliveira is right there. I think he, he there's a possibility in my brain that he can win. This is one of the rare fights that I don't care who wins, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'll be happy for both. Because right. Dustin Poirier has already won. Yeah. He's already won the hearts of everyone. He's already won everything that a champion comes with a championship except for that piece of hardware, right? But Oliveira also is very respectful of the game, too, and I think yeah. that's why I like him as well. We'll just go ahead and just go on to boxing now since we, our time is short. We got a lot to cover. We just covered everything that we could in MMA. Now we're going switching gears to boxing. Usually, usually the MMA overtakes boxing, yeah, but I will clearly tell you that our lineup of boxing talk is unbelievable the fights that that happened while we were gone and the ones that are coming up yeah definitely now let's just kick it off with um what happened on november 13th kiko martinez versus kid galahad just kind of touching up on that i mean it was galahad all the way i believe you know this was live on the zone app from sheffield england on november 13th uh Everyone was high on Kid Galahad. I was high on Kid Galahad. I was high on him. He was literally winning all five rounds. And he was even facing pressure from Martinez and was handling it fine. Like, I could have turned it off and went to bed because I knew Galahad was going to win. I think that's what I did. Oh, you did? I I mean, I saw, I saw, I saw, I was like, man, Galahad, Galahad's going to win this. He's, he won the first round, second round, out. Out classy Martinez, you know, I'm gonna go and go get something to drink or something, whatever. And I come back and I see Martinez catches 
Um, in the fifth round, Kiko Martinez knocks down Kid Galahad with the final few seconds in the fi- fifth round um, with a huge hook, huge hook out of nowhere. And Galahad barely makes the bell, barely gets up, barely walks back to his corner. You only have one minute to recover. And it, it didn't help him recover. And like you said, Kid Galahad was caught with his chin up. I mean, it was a fluke. In my opinion, it was kind of just an accident fluke. That normally should not have happened. And it did because anything can happen in a fight. Yeah. And yeah, he just never recovered. Never recovered. Uh, Galahad comes out probably half half the man he used to be. And um, Martinez just get, does the job, knocks it down one more time. And what then a finally shock. knocks him out. Shock. Probably shock. one of the shock of the year. Probably yeah. one of those that um, that contenders of the uh, like upset of the year. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yep. Kiko Martinez is a veteran. I think he's like thirty six something, thirty seven years old maybe. Um, Kiko Martinez has had his time in the sun, but um, now it's it's back in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally twenty fifth in the world, Martinez versus the second rank fighter in the world, Galahad, and he doesn't get a decision split. What are we going to do with those two? Let's oh, talk about what we're going to do. See, I didn't even think of that. I mean, Kiko Martinez, like, who else? I don't have anybody that. Look, here, here's what maybe I. Maybe a rematch. Yeah. I, I say he asked for a rematch. He was winning the fight period. He just got caught. It was the darnest thing. He buckled his opponent in the first round and was beating him soundly. Uh, it's got to it's gotta be a rematch because Martinez, uh, he's not going to get a unification match with Navarrete or Gary Russell Jr. because in, in, unless he moves up, I think he needs a rematch. Yeah, I think I think he a rematch is probably something Absolutely. that I would Absolutely. think about. Um, next up, we do have on the same night, November 13th, Jaime Munguia versus Gay Rosado in what I personally believe is probably one of the fights of the year. Oh, my gosh. It lived up to its hype. It was so exciting to watch that fight. I mean, Mugia came out fast. He set the pace with some great combinations, and he real and that what seemed to me really proved the difference in that match. Definitely, I mean, Mugia is a younger, faster fighter, but Rosado has that heart. He never gave up. Yep. He caught Mugia several times throughout the whole match. Really good shots. Clearly which, stung him, which I think would knocked out anybody else. You know. But you know, I think Mungia. I think if you if you pack a punch, you have to know how to take a punch yeah. too. So, and that's what Mungia did. He just weathered the storm. He kept his his um his I guess game plan. Kept going to the body. Kept trying to you know uh, use his strength and his height uh, to his advantage. Yeah, and, and Rosado, even though he stung Mungia, he never really capitalized enough mm-hmm. to swing the momentum in his favor. That was the only issue that I have with him. And the thing is that I think the judges saw the same thing because in the end, we have a unanimous decision for Mungia at 119-109 for one judge, 118-110, and 117-111. You know, several rounds, like six rounds difference um, between... Uh, some of these judges. So, you know, you're right. Rosado landed some great shots, but never capitalized on following up. Now, I don't know if you want to say anything about uh, what's next for Munguia or well, Rosado. Munguia in the post-fight said he was ready for a world title or eliminator bite next year. He was also asked about Triple G fight and said he would be excited about a fight with him as well. Well, let me tell you something. Triple G's fight. It's coming up. It's coming up. Well, well, what? I don't know if you know this or oh, not. Oh, no. We're going to touch this. No. It got canceled what? or it's postponed because it's in Japan and Japan is limiting 
um, then the team uh, advance, I guess. Guess what? COVID. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, but that's a perfect opportunity. Maybe in a month or two to you know to what to uh, maybe Mungia can if he's not too banged up, get ready to get a fight. Maybe in March have a triple G fight. So the fight is totally off or rescheduled. I don't or know. what are they saying? It's 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 not. It hasn't been rescheduled. Okay. But it's it's off for the date. Gotcha. So, so I don't you, know. Maybe that's a way to get out of it and maybe find. We've seen fighters do States. this in the past. We've yeah. talked about it. So yeah. maybe we got a Mongia Triple G fight. That would be fun to watch. Yeah, and maybe it's uh, maybe not a maybe in April. I mean, I mean, but Triple G hasn't fought in over a year and a half. I think mm-hmm. so. I think he's itching to fight pretty yeah. soon too. So it's up to him. But if not, maybe a Charlo. Charlo would be a fun fight. Yeah, that would be a fight. You, you think Mungia is ready for Charlo? I think so. Okay. I think I think so. How about Gabe Rosado? I mean, he's ageless. 26 and 14. I I don't believe he's on the level of elite fighter at this point. So you find a fight, you can win. I don't think he's the elite fighter, but he is one of those gatekeepers. I mean, I think that's what he was in this fight, a gatekeeper. Where are you in your career? Uh, Jaime, Jaime, Jaime Munguia, show me what you have. Yeah. And I'll tell you, me being from Philadelphia, right, with that pedigree, can you proceed? And he showed that he could. In 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 the judge's eyes, not in Gabe Rosado's eyes. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this fight, um, but I can touch up on it on the same night. So that March, that November 13th, we had a huge night for boxing. David Benavides versus Kyron Davis and a Showtime bout um, on the 13th. Did you see that one? I did not see that one. Give, Man, give, it's a give great me, fight. Give me something. Two-time world champion David Benavides. He remains undefeated. Um, in his first time fighting in Arizona, he's from Arizona fighting in Phoenix. Um, he beats Kyron Davis. Kyron Davis is probably one of those tune up fights that you, you get. Um, he stood in the fight. Kyron Davis did hold his own, did go six rounds, but eventually, uh, David Benavides knocks him out or gets a technical knockout in the sixth round, um, to remain undefeated. Wow. And in the division in the super middleweight division. And now you know who's calling out? I was going to say, who is the champ in that division? We have... Um, Don't tell me, Alvarez. Yeah, Canelo Alvarez. And he's calling him out? Calling that's him out. That's not See, a good that's choice. Fight. That's fight. And is that a good fight. choice? I don't know. It's. I think it'd be a good fight. Is it? If they do it May 5th, I think it'd be an even bigger fight. Cinco de Mayo. We got a Hispanic, two Hispanic guys going against each other. So United Ben Davis is undefeated. Undefeated. Big kid, too. Big and, guy. Okay. And um, really skills, lots of skills. He's a good fighter. I mean, if you have a chance, go back and look at him okay. and uh, see, you know, he's, he's a really good fighter. Very, I, a lot of power. I feel like Canelo is becoming the uh, undefeated killer. Like, you keep throwing your undefeated Kool-Aid guys up there and they just keep getting crushed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think Canelo is the payday for everyone else. Yeah, that's, that's they, true. Right. That's he's he's, he's a current Mayweather, right? Yeah, definitely. Or the current McGregor in MMA. Yeah. Okay. So that wrapped up that weekend, November 13th. We had three great fights. And I'm pretty, pretty sure there was so many other uh, undercard fights that were um, featured that weekend. But that kind of led up to a huge pay-per-view that we missed uh, on November 20th. Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter um, live on pay-per-view. 
Wow, what a fight. Just watching two elite fighters top of the food chain in that division go at it, it was just an awesome fight to watch. You know, I, I really like uh, Sean Porter. I gave him respect. I think even in our podcast before, I said that, you know, before this fight that, you know, I, Sean Porter can, has game. He can fight. And I probably even picked him. Or maybe I didn't pick him, but I gave him a lot of respect, um, which... You showed it, you know. Sean Porter tried tried to get in and make Terence Crawford fight his fight. Terence Crawford had nothing to do with it. He kept on moving, sticking and moving, jabbing and move, get out of the way. So we may differ on this, because mm-hmm. um, the way you said that is, you feel like Crawford was winning that fight when it got stopped. Yeah, I think so. I- Crawford. 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 Yeah. I totally disagree. You, you, you don't think so? I absolutely do not. I think that Porter was winning on those cards. Um, the commentators, Andre Ward, even said that Porter was fighting the perfect fight and he needed to do what uh, he, he needed to stick to that game plan, and he was. And I think he won that fight. Other than being knocked out. He didn't get knocked out. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't get knocked out. Well, he threw in the towel, but he was his father get threw out. in the towel. Yeah, it was a technical knockout. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. So here's how I look but, at these. these but he knockouts. got rocked that ninth round. He got rocked. He was wobbled, and he was okay. Crawford was going in for the kill. Okay, so when he got knocked down the second time, mm-hmm. okay, he was hitting the ground yeah. because he was mad that he got knocked down. A person that is wobbled and out of it's not going to be slamming his fist on the ground going dang it i i got caught again i realize that and i see i see that i see your point yeah but did you see when he tried to get up after that he was he was still wobbled but it wasn't worth throwing in the towel it was it was it was for me porter should have gone out on his shield because i don't believe he was as hurt as as his father thought he was i agree with you i think uh porter should have gone out on his own terms yeah i don't agree that your son's a grown man let him do what he does. He knows his limits. He's a he's a championship fighter. Yes. He's been there, done that. Don't throw in the towel. Don't. And I, I keep hearing I in was my head, pissed. Like I was pissed. I was. I, I, like I wrote a letter of the <laughs> stuff I wanted to say because I was so mad at his father yes. and what he said afterwards. Oh, about like uh, I knew what was coming or something like that. No. Here, here's what. Here, let me a just little, give a little tidbits. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So Porter said that he and his, so they talked to Porter first and he said he and his father had not talked about stopping a fight and it was unexpected to see him see that from his father. His father said that he stopped the fight because of Sean Porter's preparation. He did not prepare like he wanted him to. And he was fighting at a deficit. So his dad said he did not take he did not take the information that he gave him, and so that's why he stopped the fight. And it was an easy decision for him. Wow, I mean, but I think oh, that's that, that's the the issue with having a relative or a family member of dad as a trainer, um, because then it, you you take that emotion emotion part of it. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah, I don't agree with that. I, I really. I'm disappointed. And then in the end, you know, we do have that technical knockout. And then the next day later, we have Sean Porter retiring uh, from boxing. And I think he he retired because he got 30 minutes of an earful from his father in the back. And then when they went to have the post-conference, I think he was broken down and just said, fine, I'll retire. I, 
I am to- I am at the point where I'm total disagreement with having relatives in corners yeah. because this happens, mm-hmm. and especially with for me fathers, and we'll just walk away from the fight game for a sec. I just think sometimes fathers in general still want to run their kids' life yeah. when they're 80 years old, and Making it's like, millions, yeah, millions, yeah. When in reality. You know, like you said, he's a grown man, and sometimes you have to let your kids learn lessons. Yeah, yeah you know, definitely. and I don't think he did that. No, hats off to Sean Porter. I mean, he took the he took that at as a champ should. And look, for me, I agree with the fact that I think Crawford would eventually have knocked him out. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that, that, but I, I think that that judge's card, and I looked it up online, is much closer than than you think it's not. Well. I'm looking at a website. Yeah. Okay, first round, this one had it for Porter. Yes. Second round, Crawford. Second round, third round, Porter. Fourth round, Crawford. Fifth round, Porter. Mm-hmm. I'm Sixth telling round, you. Sixth round, Crawford. I'm telling you. Seventh round, Crawford. Yeah. Eighth round, Porter. Yeah. Ninth round, Crawford, of course. And I and, and I, I find it fascinating the way you look at boxing matches are going on the way I'm looking at it. So yeah. I'm looking at pro Porter going, uh, the commentator saying he's fighting his perfect game and he really is. He's not really getting hurt. Yeah. And then the brilliance and the technician of Crawford finally showed up in the ninth. Yeah. He is what he is, right? Mm-hmm. The best in the world. And you know, he took it at Porter, you know? Yeah. So what's next for Porter? I mean, what's next? Well, we, well, know, we the, know what's the next for Porter. The beach Porter. is next for Porter. And it's funny because Porter was actually on one of the fights I watched last weekend. Yeah. The commentary he looked yeah. great. Yeah. I love that guy. I love that guy, yeah, too. I love yeah. it. He, Aside from him, yeah. Crawford. Well, I think he should fight the champs in that division. Line them up and fight each one of them. Um, I'd like to see Ugas first, and then I'd like to see Spence Jr. second. Yeah, I think if, if he wants that easy route, go Ugas first. Not that like saying that Ugas yeah. is an easy fight. Yeah. But he's not like those other guys, yeah. right? Um, so that would be like the the path to take. You yes. wouldn't start at the the head of the snake. You'll start at the, the, That's right. the end of it, right? That's right. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Ugas first. And then later on, let's see if you got Spence or um, one of the other champions who, out there. Who, who else do you like? I want that? Spence next. You want Spence? But because I'm a Spence fan... And early, let's say you, let's say they line those up. What's your early favorite? Who do you want? Who do you like? Porter's so good, so good. You mean Crawford? Hey man, I I just love Porter. (laughs) You do. Um, Crawford is so good. Yeah. Spence is a body. He has body work. He can. I need to see Spence one more time. I think. Okay. Because he's coming off. He's coming off a win, of course. Um, but then he's before that he had a terrible accident, terrible accident right. where he got thrown out of a car accident. Um, I want to see him one more fight against a, a good quality opponent. And then we can see where we at as far as his championships, championship bout is. So I would love to see Crawford fight Ugas and then Spence. I think Crawford beats both of them. Yeah. Like, if we go back to the match, because it's such an exciting match, I'm saying that Porter won that, won those some of those rounds, but he never put Crawford in danger. So that's how good Crawford is. He was yeah. never in danger. He may have been losing them on the on the card, but yeah, Crawford's so above everybody else that yeah, fighting the other champs, that's gonna be fun. Fun. It's gonna fights. be fun, and I can't wait till whoever. I mean, okay, I'm really waiting to see who Crawford wants to fight next. Hopefully, he doesn't wait too long. Hopefully it's something maybe in the spring. You know, I think summer's going to be too long. 
I think for him. Yeah. But most likely he probably will fight in the summertime. Um, so that was a great pay-per-view. So next, the next week, so one right after another. Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. Yeah. We have on November 27th on Showtime, Brandon Figueroa versus Stephen Fulton in a um, super bantamweight unification bout. It was such a fast-paced fight from the start. Neither of them was backing down on one another, man. Well, neither. I mean, Figueroa didn't want, didn't doesn't know how to back. Doesn't know how to no. take some space. He just tried try to bully him all this time, and I think I think that's one of the things that kind of hurt him in in the match. It did a little bit. He wasn't given any breathing room to Fulton, no. um, and throughout that thirty-six uh, minute match, yeah, but. Fulton was sharp and he was unwilling to bend or break. Well, that's the thing sure. is Fulton, um, he just, uh, he didn't give in to that pressure. And I think sometimes when you give that pressure and you put your head down into someone's chest, you, you're susceptible to uppercuts, hooks. You know, you kind of give yourself more of an opportunity to get hit. Terrible. It looks ugly when yeah. you get hit. The, the refs are going to see those nasty shots that you're getting. It was a really close fight. It was a close fight, right? Really close fight. I mean, I think the scorecards, let me see. Let me read it here. We have one card, 112 Figueroa, 116. Um, that's two, two, two judges had that, 112, 112 to 116. And one judge it had it even, 114 to 114. So do you agree with the judges? Do you, I think Fulton won. You think Fulton won? I think Fulton won because he looked better. Because it's, I think it's one thing to to go in and then take a lot. You're taking a lot of damage, you know, coming in close. Fulton was re- exchanging, right? Um, and I think that that's why I say that uh, it looked worse for Figueroa because he can't. He was taking a lot of punishment, right? Trying to come into the to come in and a bully, uh, Fulton, and it kind of made it look like Fulton was just just teeing off on him, in my opinion. So when it seems like, because I'm learning, I think I'm learning more and more about how you look at fights versus me. I I lean on the aggressor. Yeah. So I I like the fighter that, pu- that pushes the pace, yeah. uh, that puts pressure and. If I'm looking at, at a fight that way, Figueroa won for me on yeah, that fight. Exactly. But, but you, mm-hmm. and, and and the same with Porter. Porter was being the aggressor. You like the more tactical, skillful, sharp, good defender type of fighter. And I think that's what Fulton was doing. That I night. think that's what the judge judges saw because yeah. uh, Figueroa, yeah, he was he was aggressive. He was yes. pushing. He was moving around, moving the whole. He was dictating the pace, but. Fulton just all he had to do is counter just all these counters upper kept counters when he comes in uh, when Figueroa came in there comes another counter you know so I think it just looked it didn't look good for Figueroa getting hit with all those counters yeah yeah so it was a majority win for Fulton Figueroa feels like he was robbed do you think so do you think it was that close or do you do you think the judges got it right as far as naming the winner I think it could have gone either way. I think that the judging should have been closer. I don't see how it, it was 116 to 112. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see know. it a draw, but I don't see no. it with, you know, four or five rounds difference. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they unified the WBC and WBO junior featherweight titles now. So 
what do you have for both guys now? What are you thinking? A rematch? Because... Uh, you know, I would love to see a rematch. would love to see a rematch. Do you see him talking smack to each other afterwards? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Figueroa was saying it was a robbery, robbery and yeah. and that doesn't make sense what the judges are seeing, and that uh, because of it, he said, I'm not going to go through that robbery again. I'm just going to move up and wait to 126. Ooh, yeah. That's what he said. What about Fulton? Ak Medelev has the IBF and WBL. Okay, right? okay. Fulton has a WBC and WBO. Let's so go ahead and unify this. Unify it's, it's, it's a trend, right? Yeah, that makes it's, sense, that's right? the story of 2021, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's make it the story of 2022 and have them fight each other. And you said, and I think the other champ just fought last weekend and won, so mm-hmm. this would be perfect. They're both coming off uh, wins. And you said maybe Figueroa is moving up in weight. Yeah, maybe Figueroa is going to move up to 126. Possibly five, what, one of the champions there or maybe... I don't know, man. There's there's so many good pe- fighters in that division. Yeah, I don't know if that's the wisest move to move up. Well, for that same night, we have one of the most anticipated boxing events for the last eight weeks, eight, eight months, eight months, right? Eight months, right? They finally, did it finally go off this match? It you're finally talking did, about? right? Finally, oh finally, we have Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambosas Jr. to try to unify the. Lightweight division. Did you catch this fight? It was an amazing, another amazing fight. Yeah. Like I didn't think it topped the Porter Crawford fight, and it did. I mean, the challenger came out, bringing it to the champ, and the champ was taking everything he was sending. Yeah, and also, I mean, the champ Lopez, he he was always looking for that knockout. Yeah, this, he was, and not not just for the first round. And let's say he was trying to get that first round knockout, but what happened in the first round? Well, Combosa knocks down the champ. That's what happened. Crazy. And did it not set the stage for the rest of the night? I believe so. Yeah, Yeah. I did. Where I think it embarrassed Lopez, and that made him try to find his knockout, too. And it finally came in the 10th round. It did, but I I don't think Lopez had the right game plan because Combosa had a game plan. And guess what? He fought smart. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's what was uh, helped him for the night. Combosa's really weathered the storm every single round because that that was a storm coming in. This there was no real game plan other than go out there and just knock him out. Just go out there and get rid of this guy. You know he's he's a nobody. But I told you every you told every that. single week we talk about Teofimo Lopez. Combosa's just a little bit different than all these other people. And he kept saying Lopez is distracted. You don't understand. Yeah. He is busy. He's been putting this fight off, and I have been waiting forever yeah. for this fight. And but like you said, the tide turned in the ninth when Combosa goes down, mm-hmm. and then in the tenth, Combosa goes down and down in the tenth, and you're thinking. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here comes the champ, right? Yeah, and but Combosis wins what the ninth, the eleventh, and twelfth round. Absolutely, he did. To, and to to change the, uh, I guess the views of the judges. I mean, it was it's one fifteen, one eleven, one fourteen, one thirteen. That was for one, Lopez. For yeah, for Lopez. Yeah, and one fifteen, one twelve, uh, for Combosis. So a uh, what a majority. Majority decision. Do you agree with that? I do. I do too. I, I do. I mean, there was some rounds. Yeah, I did give it to Lopez. More rounds for uh, Combosis because it was more tactical. It was more skillful. There was more uh, a game plan rather than I'm just going to branch on. Yeah. So, else. so where where this kind of what we talked earlier tonight of where I like the aggressor and you like the tactical guy. Compost 
had an equal amount. There wasn't one. Um, there wasn't an over aggressor, and then there wasn't way tactical defense. He had a good game plan. I'm on the pressure, but not so much that I yeah. get caught. And I'm going to keep to that game plan of being tactical and hit shots. And the thing is, his corner also helped him. I believe. Yeah. Where I don't think Lopez's corner helped him. Told him say, hey, "Calm down, right? Do what we worked on. Uh, yeah. make, you throw your jab." Or no, I don't think his dad's ever said. Calm down. I think his dad was like, go knock this MF out. Right. And 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 the key word there, because we talked about it in the last fight, dad. the dad was in this corner. Yeah. And I think that that was somewhat of a downfall for Lopez because did you hear what his, his father said after the fight? No, I, no, well, not really. Not necessarily. So in the Porsche interview, Lopez, first off, Lopez says he won 10 of the 12 rounds. Oh, wow. And then his father said that he should have had his son drop the belts and just move up before the fight. Dang it. Now, what, if, what is that? What, what is that? Again, this is a father trying to live through his son's accomplishments, and I just don't agree with that. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And well, I almost feel like they gave him an excuse, gave Lopez an excuse of why he lost that fight. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, even Lopez said, well, I just had a baby, this and that, you know, whatever. I mean, guess Combosas was right. You know, he was not focused on the fight at hand. And I, I, I yeah. told you, Combo, watch out for Combosas. This is a whole different fighter. I'm gonna watch watch out for this guy. You did. Um, what's next for Teofimo? Well, what's next for a champion? Brand, brand new. Some will say undisputed. Some will kind of dispute the uh, the, uh, the the claim of having all the belts. So what's next for Combosa? Yeah, Combosis. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't I see Combosis on a on a post fight uh-huh. of someone that fought this last weekend? He sure did. And they matched up with each other. I believe so. Devin Haney. Yeah, that's what that's what I've heard. I think he even called him out on uh, right after the fight. Yep, post fight. Called him out after the fight. They actually lined him up against each other, and they said, "Hey." I'm ready to fight you and unify this. And Combosa goes to Haney. How do you like Australia? Oh, yeah. Why Devin Haney? Well, Devin Haney is the WBC World Lightweight Champion. Combosa Jr. is the WBC Franchise Lightweight Champion. So that's why. That's why there's that issue of Devin Haney. And I think that should be the next match. If you're asking me that they should line those boys up. Can you imagine Devin Haney? And we'll talk about Devin Haney next, but Devin Haney, if he wins, you know, well, spoiler alert, you know, he fought Jojo Diaz. Yeah. But if he wins against Combosas, now he's a 20, what, three-year-old? Yeah. Undisputed champion? Yeah. Yeah. That would be crazy on that. But that's, that's, yeah, I would think naturally it's going to be Devin Haney. I mean, or, you know, we have someone else that we're going to preview for next week. Lomachenko, if Lomachenko gets yes. through his fight. But let's go back to Lopez. I okay. mean, why why shouldn't we see a rematch? And, and, and I think they should do it in Australia. I mean, in reality, I think that Lopez should rematch. He deserves that rematch. I think there's so much ego, yeah. ego right there between him and his father that they wouldn't let this go without a rematch. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe that. I think in spring, early summer, big rematch in australia yeah australia is gonna it's gonna be christmas over there or it's gonna be winter yeah. over there but yeah early summer for us yeah but let's just let's just say 
let's say he doesn't, he's going to move up and wait, then he's probably going to end up fighting one of the champions there. I mean, he's an elite fighter. We're, we're fighting Josh Taylor? Is he going to fight? Josh Taylor's the next person up. Is he the next person up? Yep. I mean, Lopez is only going to fight the best. He's not moving up there to fight someone in the ranked 10th, right? Yeah. Or Tank Davis. And do, does he even have a chance against Taylor? And you're high on Lopez. I like Lopez. Yeah. I like him a lot. I don't know. We'll see. I want to see what Jack, Josh Taylor does with Jack Catterall okay. in January or February. We'll see. And then I'll make my decision then. Okay. So, like we did just mention, um, Devin Haney fought this week on December 11th on The Zone against Jojo Diaz. This one was for the WBC belt. Um, Jojo Diaz is coming up. You know, he's had a couple other fights for belts, but he's lost both of them. Um, and so he's going to try for the third time against Devin Haney. But Devin Haney just looked too good. He did. He showed his toughness. Didn't yeah. He? Jojo Diaz showed his toughness. He really stood toe-to-toe with Devin Haney. But Devin Haney was just too tactical, too quick, too fast. Devin Haney's fast. That, that's exactly what I saw. Diaz turned it up a notch on Haney once in a while. But Haney withstood those storms. Yeah. Showed why he's a champ and he's a better, better man that night. Ultimately, we do have Devin Haney winning. Um, by unanimous decision, 117, 111, uh, 117, 111, and 116, 112, which is, it's, it's a lot, but it, you know, I agree with those scores, maybe yeah. even more. Yeah, me too. Know, even. Um, so now, so we go back to Devin Haney. What my notes, what do we do? Haney versus Con, you know, Combosa. Uh, and if they face up, and who's the favorite in that one? Who do you, who do you like as the favorite? I would take the experience, Combosas, you know, and then it, this it's going to be in Australia. He's a champion, yep. right? I, I would hope. Well, H- Haney's a champion though, too. Well, yeah, but I mean, like three, all four belts, other okay. belts, right? Okay. Um, and then if they're in Australia, they do it at the Marvel uh, 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 Stadium, eighty thousand people. Wow. And they do it big over there. It's, it's yeah. a huge spectacle. It's well, like in Europe. I had total respect when, when they did face up Combosa and Haney after Haney's fight. And they're promoting the next fight, which is a smart idea. Because that'll get some juices flowing for us when, we, when it comes up. Who's Who do you think, or can you guess who Devin Haney's trained by? His father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. I was trying to be facetious. Yes, no. for real. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's it's so hopefully, okay. but his father's more chill than the yeah, other right. dads that we've had in the good fathers, the bad division. fathers. Yeah. Right. So what about Diaz? Diaz, I just want to see him come back and fight someone that you know. I think he has that potential. Is to he be a elite champion. fighter? I think when we say elite, I think we're looking at people that have won championships okay. or that are, are champions. Okay. Those are elite. He's not an elite fighter just yet because he's lost. I think this is either his first or second. It's his second loss, and we act like he's champion. No, it's yeah. good. So he, Isn't that crazy? And his first loss was against Gary Russell Jr. Yeah, uh, so he's literally fought. He's literally lost to legends, and we're like, eh, he's not really an elite fighter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just the nature of the game. Isn't right? it? Right. It's crazy. Um, But I would like to see him fight. Let's see. He is. Pencil. I got him. I got three. I got three names. Okay, go ahead. Tevin Farmer. That's a good one. I think he's already fought for Tim Farmer. He's fought Tim Farmer. Okay. Yeah. Ryan Garcia. Oh, look I at you. Like that, man. The, I would love that fight, but, but you, you're scared love, of who? Who are you scared, scared of? Scared of Ryan Garcia. No, I mean you're scared that Ryan Garcia is going to lose, or 
to to knock out Joe Joe oh, Diaz. Okay, you're you're scared for Diaz. Yeah, I'm scared for Diaz. Okay, what about Tank Davis? I think Tank Davis wins that one. Does he? Yeah. I looking at this list. Okay. Uh, Jorge Linares is a good fight. Experience. He's forty-seven and eight, I believe. Uh, Jojo Diaz is thirty-two and one, and or two thirty-two and two now. Um, I think that's a good little stepping stone. Uh, Jorge Linares is one of those gatekeepers. Yeah. Uh, have, Devin Haney just had to fight him to move up too. So yeah, like you always say, just find someone that you can be yeah. and get yeah. back on track. Yeah. On that. And 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 again, you already said. The two losses are against legends, pretty much going to be legends. They're elite fighters, so it's not like he's fighting tomato cans. And you, you just so. you hit it right on the head. They're elite fighters. He's yeah. lost to the elite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's yep. took out whoever's the others, right? Yeah. So we come to the last fight that we were going to recap. It happened on Sunday night. Sunday well, night boxing. It's Sunday night boxing, which was strange. Yeah. But what was also really strange is we have literally recapped every champion in less than a week in that one division. Like, how does that happen? That's crazy, yeah. I mean, think about that. Everyone in that division, they fought in one week. They sure did, huh? Is that weird? Yeah. Exciting, because it kind of... It it kind of... Sets it up. Yeah, sets everything up, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of filters out the people that don't need to be there, and it sets up the the big mega fights, possibly. Yeah, possibly. So this Sunday night, Sunday night boxing, I don't think I've ever seen a Sunday night boxing. Yeah, Jake Paul. Jake, oh, wow. That's the, come <laughs> doesn't on. Doesn't count? Come on. It doesn't count. Uh, but we have yeah. Tank Davis versus uh, Isaac Gonzalez on the Showtime pay-per-view this past Sunday night. This was, a, again, another fight where the challenger came out attacking and pressuring the champ in this one. Now... Originally, this fight should have been against Rolando, uh, Rolly Romero, um, but Romero has some legal issues coming up. I think he was accused of uh, sexual assault or something like that and um, withdrew from the fight. So without postponing the fight, Tank Davis chose Isaac Cruz Gonzalez or Isaac Cruz. um, And it was a great fight. It was. Great fight. I'm going to tell you, going into the fifth round, I had two rounds apiece. I don't know what you have in your round. Going into the fifth into round. Into the fifth round. I think I had it. I I probably had it going into the fifth round three to one. Probably with one of those for rounds as Davis. a swing for Davis. Because, again, Davis is more tactical and I like the pressure guy, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably the thing, too. Is, yeah. I mean, Isaac Cruz did put a lot of pressure. He never let down. He never let um, Tank Davis away from him. Like, gave him any distance at huh. all. At no, all, no room to breathe. No, and he took some huge shots, big he, shots, clean huge, shots. I believe, like I say, anyone else probably would have been knocked out uh, by Tank Davis. Right? Well, and it did not help that in the middle of the round, middle middle of the fifth, sixth round, it looked like Davis had hurt his left hand. Yeah, definitely. And at the end of the fight, we do find out that he, he probably did break his hand. Yeah, um, I'm blaming it on the shorter guy. Yeah, <laughs> one inch. Right, when yeah. two inch differences. Yeah, but whatever. So what we end up with the scores: one sixteen, one twelve, one fifteen, one thirteen, and one fifteen, one thirteen. All for a unanimous decision for uh, Tank Davis. And do you agree with that? I had it one fifteen, one thirteen. Okay, that's how I had it. Yeah, I think it could have gone either way. I, I do think you should lean uh, towards Davis, like you said. Um, he was more tactical. 
and he handled the pressure well. Yeah. And the, and Twitter lighted up with a with a lot of people that had said some stuff. You want to hear some of the people that had said some things? Let's do it. Jamal Herring said he was not upset with the score, though he thought it was close. Yeah. Shakur Stevenson, he thought Cruz won that fight. Jojo Diaz, he said he would have knocked Cruz out. And Maybe, last one, I don't know. Ryan Garcia. Oh, yeah, of course. Gervonta gets away with fighting C-level fighters. Out of all the lightweights, he is the weakest. His toughest test was Leo Santana Cruz. Almost lost tonight, bringing it. And I'm only only been calling you out for a, a while. So my question to you is, because all the lightweights have fought in less than a week, rank those four for me. What are the four from okay. strongest to, to weakest? Well, of course, got to give props props to Combosis. I think so. Devin Haney. Um, and then... It just depends what weight level you want Tank Davis in because he's in two kind of two okay. di- different weight levels. Um, but is he the weakest? I would say yes. So who do you have? I got Combosa first. Mm-hmm. He clearly beat the best one in that yeah. division, right? I think Devin Haney loses to Lopez. I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you. I think everybody loses Lopez except Combosa at this point. I think Haney beats Tank. You think so? No, and I just see Tank. Tank has a lot of power, and you said he's bigger, right? But Big. Haney can is quick. He, but Davis is quick too. Yeah, I don't know. That would be a big. It, it'd be great. And great and fight. and here's the thing: in less than a week, what a great division we've learned that this division is stacked. And in two weeks, and if you do, if you count this coming week, we have Vasily Lomachenko coming up and seeing where he is. And at. he's not even a champ. He's not crazy. So Davis, what what do we have next for him? What what do you have for some names? I mean, I know we talked about him a couple yeah, of them. Yeah, we've been talking. You know, I really want him see, to fight Rolando Romero, who he was originally. Okay, I, I didn't even have that name on my list. Yeah, I don't think that. I think that would have been a really good fight. He is 14-0 and and ranked number one in the WBA. What about Zepeda? Mm. I think he, was, he runs over most of these names here. Okay. Runs over everyone except for. What about Lopez yeah. versus Tank Davis? I like that. I like that too, right? I like that. I would like that. Yeah. So what about Cruz? Man, Cruz, I mean, he's, I guess everyone says a, a star is born, but he's ranked ninth overall. But you know who you should fight? Who? The guy that Twittered said he could knock him out. Jojo <laughs> Diaz, right? Yeah. That'd be a good fight. Right? I would that'd love be, to see that right? fight. I mean, That's and that'd be fight. an easy fight to make because you just, you just say, hey, you called me out so you can knock me out. Let's just yeah, prove let's it. Just, let's just prove it. it. Even though Gonzalez thinks that he deserves a rematch. Yeah. Do you think he deserves a rematch? It doesn't warrant a rematch for me. Yeah, I don't think, I think it would so. like. I don't think he got robbed or anything like that. Yeah. We've we've recapped a few fights where I I do think one's in place. This is not one. I think if this was a original fight all along, yeah, then you'd be like, okay, well, he, you know, he had time to prepare. He had time to you know, Tank Davis had time to prepare for him. I guess it works both ways. But I'm sure Davis but, was focusing on one way or another. But Davis won the fight with one hand. Yeah, I mean, we did find out he's won with one hand. So what is he going to do with two two yeah. solid hands? So yeah. yeah, wow, just crazy. Is crazy that a crazy weeks of boxing? Huh? Crazy, right? <laughs> like like of all the months that we 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 had some things that we just couldn't make the podcast. Yeah. This was probably not the month we should have, but it happened. Yeah, and then guess what? 
we have some solid fights coming up this weekend. So, this, and solid. this weekend, that's yeah, it. Right? This I weekend, mean, this, yeah. it's it's amazing how um, how boxing decided to show up for the last they month did, of the, of the yeah. uh, year, right mm-hmm. in December. So, along with those lines, we'll just go ahead and start recap or previewing some of these big fights that we have coming up for December 11th. First up, we have um, on the Showtime Network. We have Nonito Denaire versus Raymark Gaballo in a bantamweight division match. Yeah, so this is at 118 pounds anyway. Casimiro are some of the other champs. Uh, and this is for Donaire's WBC title. Caballo is the interim WBC champ. Now, Naito, the Filipino fast Donahir, is 39 years old. He's 41 and 6 with 27 Ks, and he's currently ranked second in the world. His last fight was a KO in the fourth round in May of this year. Now, Raymart Assassin Cabillo is 25 years old, and he's 24 and 0 with 20 KOs. He is currently ranked seventh. His last fight was a decision December of last year. Now, Donaire is a minus 475, and Cabello is a plus 300. Nonito Donaire is from, is in his 20th year pro boxing experience with a 65% knockout rate. Coming from the Philippines, he, ha- he is a WBC world title holder in this division, standing at 5'7 with a 68-inch reach. His fight stance is orthodox, so he's right-handed. Notable wins come against Nordine Obali. Stephen Young and Ryan Burnett. Notable losses come against Noya Inoue, Carl Frampton, and Jesse Magdaleno. Raymar Gaballo is in his seventh year with an 83% knockout rate. He is also from the Philippines. He is the interim WBC bantamweight title holder. He stands at 5'6 with a 68-inch reach, also an orthodox boxer. Notable wins come against Emmanuel Rodriguez, Stephen Young, and he has no losses. So, um, it's a young versus the old. Young versus the old. And it's going to be interesting for your pick because one of them has the undefeated Kool-Aid. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. But I'm not drinking this. This one is. What? This one is what? A peach flavored Kool-Aid or is whatever. It? It's. What other flavored Kool-Aid is it? I, I know. I, I like grape and I like cherry. Okay. Strawberry. Yes. I don't like strawberry. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I'm taking the Filipino flash. Yeah. The, you know? oh, I thought you were going to say, I'm taking the Filipino because they're both Filipinos. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually taking Don Air by KO in the seventh round. I have him. You know what? Actually, I have him by decision here. I don't know okay. why, but um, maybe it's because of the youthfulness of um, Raymar and the 83% knockout rate. Oh, wow. So It should be a good fight. It should be. So that one's on Showtime on December 11th, but also on December 11th from on the ESPN Network, live from Madison Square Garden, we have Vasily Lomachenko versus Richard Comey in a lightweight division bout. And this is at 135 pounds. Devin Haney, Combosis, and Gervonta Tank Davis is the current champions. Now, Vasil Loma Lomachenko is 33 years old. He is 15-2. and two. With 11 KOs, he is currently ranked second. His last fight was a win by TKO in the ninth round, June of this year, and his last loss was to Teofimo Lopez. Now, Richard R.C. Comey is 34 years old. He is 30-3 with 27 KOs. He is currently ranked seventh. 
His last fight was a win by KO in the sixth round, February this year. And his last loss was also Lopez. Now, Lomachenko is a minus 900, and Comey is a plus 475. Vasily Lomachenko has a 73% knockout rate. He comes from Ukraine. He stands at 5'6 with a 65.5-inch reach. He's a southpaw. Um, Notable wins come against Luke Campbell. Jose Pedraza, and Jorge Linares. Notable losses come against Teofimo Lopez and Orlando Salido. Richard Comey has a 90% knockout rate. He comes from Ghana. He stands at 5'9 with a 70-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fighting stance. Notable wins come against Jackson Marinez, Ray Beltran, and Issa Chenevev. Notable losses come against Teofimo Lopez and Robert Easter Jr. I have the knockout win in the ninth out, ninth round. Mr. Vasily Lomachenko back on track to try to get a try to get back his belts. Well, and I agree with you. Only I got him doing it faster in the seventh round. I think Lomachenko is going to show why there's a difference in elite fighting, and like you said, he's going to get back in that championship fight. So we move on to our next bout. I mean, I don't know how we're going to watch all these. All these fights on the same day. Yeah, I, 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 we may have to incorporate that third TV because <laughs> I already got two, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so now this one's going to be um, uh, on the Zone app, on, also on December 11th. Connor Ben versus Chris Algieri in a welterweight division match. This division is 147 pounds. Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence Jr. is some of our champs. Now, Connor the Destroyer Ben is 25 years old. He's 19 and 0 with 12 KOs. He's currently ranked 12th. His last fight was a win by decision September of this year. Now, Chris Algieri is 37 years old. He's 25 and 3 with 9 KOs. He's currently ranked 21st. His last fight was a win by decision. August of this year. Now, Connor Ben is a minus 700, and Chris Algeri is a plus 450. Connor Ben is in his fifth year in as a pro boxer. He has a 63 inch or 63 knock, percent knockout rate. He is from the United Kingdom. He is currently the WBA Continental Champion, standing at 5'8 with a 78 inch reach. He has a orthodox fighting stance. Notable wins come against Adrian Granados, Samuel Vargas, and Sebastian Vermella with no losses. Chris Algieri is in his 13th year. He has a 36% knockout rate. He's from New York, New York, with a five, standing at 5'10 with a 72-inch reach. Also an orthodox fighter. Notable wins come against Michael Lesperier and Tommy Coilo. And notable losses come against Earl Spence Jr., Amir Khan, and Manny Pacquiao. That's quite a resume of losses, though, isn't it? Yeah. He's fighting elite. So who do you got? Well, you know, I like the I like that Kool-Aid this time. I like the grape Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I'm going with Connor Ben with a decision win. I don't like grape Kool-Aid. I think I'm more of a <laughs> strawberry, but I'm still going with that undefeated Kool-Aid. Yeah. So give me Ben by decision. And I say decision decision because I like uh, Chris Algeria's experience. And um, he's been there, done that with, you know, some great fighters. He absolutely has. So on the fourth television. <laughs> we're oh, have, right. Fourth television. That's true. We have on also the on the, the Zone app, 
we have Dmitry Bivol versus Umar Salamov in a light heavyweight division. And this is 175 pounds. Better Beave and Joe Smith Jr. are some of the other champs. And this is for Bivol's super lightweight heavyweight title. Now, Dmitry Bivol is 30 years old. He's 18-0 with 11 KOs. He is ranked third in the world. His last fight was a win by decision May of this year. Now, Umar Salamov is 27 years old, and he's 26-1 with 19 KOs. He's currently ranked 14th. His last fight was a win by decision April of this year. Now, Bevel is a minus 1,800, and Salamov is a plus 900. Demetri Bivov is in his seventh year as a pro boxer. He has a 61% knockout rate. He's from Russia. He is a WBC super champion. Super, okay, super champion. Um, he stands at six foot with a 74 inch reach. He has a orthodox fighting stance. Notable wins come against Brian Richards, Joe Smith Jr., and John Pasquale. No losses in his career. Um, Umar Salamov is in his eighth year with a 73% knockout rate. He's also from Russia. He stands at 6'3 with a 76-inch reach. Also an orthodox fighter. His notable wins come against Sergei Ikimov, Emmanuel Danso, and Brian Howard. Notable losses come against Damian Hooper. Battle of the Russians. Battle of the Russians, but I don't think it's much of a battle. Yeah. I think the champ Beevil's going to win this by KO in the fourth round for me. I haven't went in the fifth round with a KO. And this is interesting. Um, one reason why it's interesting, it's a light heavyweight division. Uh, Dimitri Bevel is a champion in this division. But who is a contender coming up into this division within the next... It's not Alvarez, is it? It is. He's oh, moving up two weight classes. Is he really? To fight, I think it's Mbenga. Maybe in May. Do you think... Um, do you think 175 is too big for him? Because he's not the tallest guy in the world, Alvarez. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, he, Alvarez says, or his camp says, that he fights heavyweights every day. He spars with them. Do you believe that it's his camp? Yeah, I do. And it's not his father? It's, yes, okay. it's not his Good. dad. Okay. All right. Yeah, All exactly. Right. So, I mean, that's just interesting that to see. That is interesting. Because this could be better be, uh, Bevolve could be fighting Alvarez in the near future. I love it. So that wraps up that Saturday's big night of boxing events um, for, you know, for December 11th. It's going to be really good fights uh, that weekend, but it doesn't end there for our uh, preview. We have another boxing fight that we're going to preview for that Tuesday, December 14th. Well, I do want to make a programming note. If to only confuse us even more on that Saturday. Okay. So, did you know that all the Bantamweight champs are actually fighting within that week? Yeah, there's pers- there's someone that we didn't cover. We right? didn't even cover, and he's a champ. It's in Dubai. He's actually, Casamero is actually fighting that weekend in an undercard of the Edwards Mama main event IBF Flyweight Championship in Dubai. How are you the undercard? Can you believe that? And, and, and again, like I said in the other division earlier, we're getting to see all the champions within a week or two. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. John Ria Casamiro is fighting Paul Butler um, from Dubai on December 11th. Uh, like you said, uh, as a, as a, as a undercard. undercard. And, under, and I think it's a kind of a no name pay-per-view. It is people. a no name. And when I tried to look up where I could watch it, I couldn't even find yeah. anything yeah. to watch it. It's almost like one of those trill 
pay-per-view. It is. Yeah. yeah. Like that. But they have two championship fights on there. I mean, the IBF flyweight championships being uh, contested too. So that's a good card. Now, you know? as long as we're on the subject of undercards, you know, one that's on the New York, uh, the ESPN, ESPN Plus undercard for Lomachenko and Comey, uh-huh. Nico Ali Walsh is making another uh, appearance. Oh, wow. Uh, another four-round bout. Um, so that's something exciting to watch. Uh, we saw Nico Walsh knock out his previous opponent, and maybe he can keep that streak going. I guess I'm going to get four TVs and 12-pack of Red Bull because yeah. it's the only way I'm going to watch all this stuff, but I'm excited. Right. Katie Taylor's fighting on the Conor Benton Stop. I love Katie Taylor. So, you know, yeah, you threw in another wrench into that uh, Saturday Saturday night boxing viewing. So, um, But as we rest on Sunday night, rest on Monday night, we can wake up really early for this Japanese bout in Japan or this bout in Japan on December 14th. So we have Tuesday night boxing. Tuesday night boxing. Well, not it's Tuesday early morning boxing. I like guess very early morning. Yeah, for us. Noya the Monster in a way versus Aaron Depan in a bantamweight division clash. So this is 118 pounds. Donier and Casimiro are the other champs. Now, Noya Monster anyway is 28 years old and he's 21 and 0. He has 18 KOs and currently ranked number one in the world. His last fight was a win by KO in the third round, June of this year. Now, Arian Dipan is 30 years old, 12 and 2 with 11 KOs. He is currently ranked 50th. Now, his last fight was a win by stoppage in the sixth round, March of this year. Now, Dipan is a plus 1300, and the monster is a minus 2400. Inouye is in his ninth year as a pro boxer with the 85% knockout rate. He's from Japan. He currently has the IBF, the WBA, and the Ring Magazine bantamweight titles. He stands at 5'5 with a 67.5 inch reach. He's an orthodox fighter. Notable wins come against Jason Maloney, Nonito Denaire, and Emmanuel Rodriguez. He has no losses on his record. Aaron Depan is in his second year but with a 91% KO rate. He's from Thailand, standing at 5'4", with a 66-inch reach, also fighting out of an orthodox stance. His notable wins come against people that I cannot pronounce and I cannot say, but okay. people that we don't know. That's okay. <laughs> and notable losses come against Tommy Frank and Zephar Parpaev. Who do you have? Is it kind of obvious? It seems obvious, right? right? We're going to go with Aaron. Yeah, exactly. With the two years experience. The two years experience. 91% knockout rate. Look, there's a reason why we're previewing this one Mm -hmm. because we love the monster. Yeah. He is amazing to fight. He he is the elite of the elite in that division. And that division, like you just pointed out, in a way, Donaire, Casamero, they're all fighting that night. Or, you know, within that week, five days. It's crazy, right? Crazy. And I think, you know, of course, I'm going to pick anyway. Right. Second round knockout. That's that's how I, I feel it's going to be. I, I did fourth, but you've already you've already got me going down to second. I, th- I, think, <laughs> I think you're right. I think way too much. I just the way last time much. we saw Inouye, yeah. he just... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
I'm drinking every bit of that grape Kool-Aid yeah. on that 21 and 0. So, <laughs> what a way to wrap up this show with that fight. I mean, solid fights coming up this weekend, right? This weekend is crazy. And, and and we almost like forget about the MMA that's going to be amazing. I know. So we need right? like six TVs in huh? because TVs. this is all it's a full week full Saturday night. Yeah. of combat sports how, how many how many uh how many tvs are at hooters maybe we gotta know, go right? to hooters or something i don't know what we're gonna do jam-packed full of combat sports this weekend absolutely well i mean we didn't we didn't do any kind of uh any, i don't think we need news this yeah week. we don't need any news we'll, we'll catch up on some that are real important uh but i will tell you this is the last week for season two of Pickums for our players and, and, and we you. have a lot of Pickums, right? So it's kind of make a break for some of us. Yeah, you know it's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, depending on which ones you put on there, we do have a possible twelve picks yeah. this week. If you I want think to, I'm going to need there. every 12, 12 one of the, yes. every one of those to to, uh, to make something to do something. So if we if we get into that uh, last month, I mean the last time we did this, uh, you went two and two in in uh, MMA and two and one in boxing. So you're at forty four wins. Okay. And I went two and two in MMA, MMA, and went one and two in boxing. So I'm at 47 wins. Okay. Now our current players: Dom is at uh, looks at 35. Uh, Omar is at 33. Uh, Lynn is at 36. Shane is at 42. Dan is at 48, beating both of us now. And Shannon is sitting at 50. Man, but. This week could make or break a lot Everybody of people. Have, yeah. yeah, so this is going to be a fun final week. Um, like we said, we, uh, we have a winner's trophy for the winner of our season two. Can't wait to see who that ends up being. Well, as always, we appreciate everyone that participates in the uh, Pick'em show and the Pick'em part. And, you know, next week, you'll, you'll be a part of it. This week, you weren't a part of our our uh, results or, you know, who, who's who chose who. But you know you're you do have a voice in what in the predictions and things like that too. So um, yeah, thank you for 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 joining us every single week on that uh, Pick'em show or the Pick'em part. Absolutely, and don't forget to check out our uh, Twitter and our Facebook. We're always updating with late breaking information about everything that goes on in the world of boxing and MMA. Yeah, well, thank you again to everyone that continues to listening to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this huge weekend's boxing and MMA events. Um, be sure to follow us again, like Alan said, in on Facebook, on Instagram, and also on Twitter. That's it for this week. My name is Daniel. And I'm Alan. Y'all have a great week, everyone. Keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see y'all next week.